Today is Friday, May 18, 2018, and um, things are not going really well right now, or at least let me start with the things that are going well. I'm enjoying a lot my new job. That's going really well. Um, It seems like it's a much better fit than my last job. This job, um, I feel like I have a lot people trust me a lot more, that my capabilities are recognized, and um, I'm given a lot of freedom to make decisions and plan things and do things, and there's not so much micromanagement. So that's really good. I'm enjoying it a lot, and there's a lot more flexibility for my schedule. I can work remotely uh, when I need to, and that's, that's nice too, because traffic in Austin is a nightmare. Um, It takes me an hour to get to work and an hour to get home. And so any days that I don't have to do that is really nice. Um, But things with my divorce and with my daughter are, are not going well. So let's start with the divorce. So we're nowhere except that Mike has chosen to ignore the requests on the deficiencies for the inventory and explanations. So when he turned over the inventory and the papers for discovery, there were a lot of um, questions that my lawyer had, what she calls deficiencies, things that were not explained well, things that were left out, like that. Like So for example, on his inventory, he left out the livestock. He didn't put in there any of the chickens or the cows. And some of the farm equipment, you know, some things that he has. And so you can't make an accurate ledger of, you know, assets and liabilities if if you're not reporting everything. And he didn't provide um, explanations on some of the stock options and stuff like that. So um, my lawyer sent his lawyer a letter that said there were these deficiencies. And then Mike had 30 days to fix those and he ignored them and it's been 60 days and my lawyer had to send another letter that said hey you know you can't ignore this request and so supposedly we're going to have this stuff by today I'll believe it when I see it so we cannot go into mediation until the discovery process is complete we can't begin to mediate until we know uh Everything is on the table. All cards are on the table. And Mike has been very, very, very slow in producing this stuff. In the meantime, I got another letter from the IRS saying that we owe another $3,300 in taxes from our 2016 tax return because of unreported income by guess who? Mike Mayer. Apparently, he was paid... Um, several thousand dollars in stock option dividends and did not tell me about it and the IRS dinged us and we have a fine uh, because that was not claimed on our tax return and so now there's this $3,300 bill out there that I'm going to have to pay I mean out of our joint checking account but you know where's that income I, I don't have it Mike didn't put it in our account I haven't seen it but yet I have to pay taxes on income that I've never seen or received. So stuff like that is is not good. And then stuff with my daughter. So I had been four and a half months without seeing her, talking to her, hearing from her, anything um, for four and a half months. And it's been excruciating and extremely stressful. And um, I've been in just total despair over it. It's been really awful. And so... Um, this past Monday, 
uh, of this week, I decided that I was going to go over to Mike's unannounced and try to catch her there to see her. And I've never gone to Mike's house in the last five years. I've never gone over there unannounced uh, without letting people know that I'm coming. Mike, on the other hand, has come and gone from my house uh, anytime he wants to over the last five years. And he even had a key to my house until just very recently. I had the locks changed a couple months ago to stop him from this, you know, coming and going. He, he was ignoring the, um, the temporary divorce orders. And uh, he was even taking things from my house. Like the other day, I noticed my tables were missing out of the garage. Well, he just helped himself and took them and I didn't even know it until I needed them. So, you know, what else has he taken? I have no idea. So anyway, um, I went over to Mike's house on Monday. I left work early and I didn't tell anyone that I was going over there. I wanted to see my daughter. I wanted to look at her. I wanted to lay eyes on her. Is she okay? Is she hurting? Is she, you know what? I wanted to see her. Going four and a half months without hearing from her or seeing her was excruciating. I felt like I needed to see her and check on her. So I did. And um, I drove over there. And I can't believe I made it all the way to the door because Mike has video cameras installed all over his property and driveway. And I saw his truck and Tori's truck there. And yet no one stopped me. Um, and so I got all the way to the back door. And I knocked on the door. And Mike answered the sliding glass door. And he looked like he had been asleep. It's four in the afternoon. I don't know why he wasn't at work, but maybe he was home. I have no idea. But he answered the door and he said, what are you doing here? You can't show up here unannounced. And I said, Mike, I'm here to see my daughter. And he said, you can't just, you can't just show up here. You can't come, you can't just show up here unannounced. And I said, Mike, you do that all the time. You've been doing that for years at my house. I'm, I'm not here for trouble. I'm just here to see my daughter. I want to see Tori. And he said, well, she doesn't want to see you. I said, would you please tell her that I'm here? I want, I want to see Tori. And he said, well, she won't want to see you. And um, while we were talking, his dog had come out of the, this is a significant detail, his dog had come out of the door and was jumping around. And, you know, she's very excited to see a guest. And I petted her and she barked a couple times and I petted her and she was sitting at my feet quietly And while Mike and I were talking. Well, Mike said, well, wait here um, while I go ask her. And he said, but I can tell you she won't want to see you. So he closes the door and his dog is running around the yard and whatever, licking my feet and I'm standing there and it was a significant amount of time. It was probably five minutes. I mean, it, it which, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it is a lot when you're standing on someone's porch and I had taken a step back and I had my hands, um, clasped in front of me, just trying to look, um, non-imposing and look, um, um, nice and non-confrontational and then the door slid open and it was Tori standing there it was the first time I'd laid eyes on my daughter since January and she said how can I help you and she had her hands on her hips and I said Tori hello I just I just want to see you I just want to talk to you and she said well I don't want to see you and I don't want to talk to you and she said um I want you to please leave. And I said, Tori, please, please talk to me. I, 
I, I want to know that you're okay. And she said, I am fine. I am fine. You just need to leave. And I said, would you please talk to me for just a few minutes? I, I miss you. You're my daughter and I love you and I just want to see you. And she said, I don't want to talk to you. I've had to block you from my phone and I don't want to talk to you and you just need to leave. And I said, Tori, please, I don't know what I've done. I Clearly you are hurting. I don't know what I've done to make you feel this way and to make you treat me this way. And she said... I've been telling you, I've tried to tell you, you don't listen. And I said, I clearly, I said, clearly I have hurt you. I am ready to listen. Please, please come sit down outside with me. Let's just sit out here together. I won't talk. I will just listen. I'm ready to listen. And she said, I don't want to talk to you. I'm not ready. You don't listen to anything I say. You don't respect my boundaries. And I said, Tori, I wanted to come see you today because I miss you and I'm your mother and you're my daughter. And she said, I know. And there's nothing I can do about that. And then she went on to say that she said, uh, on Mother's Day, I didn't even call you or contact you, but I called and texted other women in my life who are more like real mothers to me. And that hurt more than I can describe. That was definitely a knife into my heart. It was devastating to hear. And, um, you know, teardrops fell out of my eyes. And I tried to keep it together while we were talking. And I said, I'm sorry you feel that way. I said, I'm very glad you have other people in your life who you can, you know, talk to and turn to. And I said, um, I don't understand what I've done. And, and I said, did I ever hit you? Did I ever hit you? And she said, no, you never hit me. And that's what makes this abuse so hard to understand. And I said, oh, but you feel like you were abused. And she said, yes, my whole life. I hated you my whole life. She said, I hated you so much. I wanted to kill myself. And I said, I didn't know. You didn't tell me. She said, I couldn't talk to you. I said, I didn't know I was hurting you. I, I never want to hurt you. I said, what did I do? Please tell me what did I do? And she said, you were overbearing and um, too hard on me. She said, you know, one time she said, I don't know how old I was, but you pretended, you pretended to call Santa and do you know how that made me feel? Do you know how that made me feel? And I said, well, I know now. I said, um, clearly that hurt you. And I regret, I regret pretending to call Santa. And I said, um, and later I, I thought about this and I remember one time when her and her brother were just fighting, like quarreling day and night. They were quarreling. It was around the holidays. And yeah, I pretended to, you know, I pretended to call Santa dialing on the phone. Hello, Santa. You know, my kids are fighting. They won't stop fighting. You know, I want to keep them on the nice list. And I, yeah, I pretended to call Santa. My daughter was probably six or seven years old. Um, and I shouldn't have done that. I regret it. Uh, that was stupid. It clearly hurt her. Um, it was dumb. I didn't know I was doing any damage. 
And I'm trying to think what else she said. Oh, she said, you are a very unstable person. You are very emotionally unstable and very unstable. And I said, well, I'm sorry you feel that way. I don't feel unstable. And I was trying very hard to be calm and keep my, my shit together. I'm still standing on the porch and she's standing inside with her hands on her hips, stoned face looking at me. And I said, I don't feel unstable. I said, I have a very good job. Um, I have a, I have a college degree. I have friends who I love and friends who love me. I have a very successful band and, and a pretty happy life. Um, except for this, I don't feel unstable. And, um, she said, I'm done talking. You just need to leave, please. And I said, and I begged her, please, Tori, please, Tori, talk to me. I miss you so much. I'm your mother and you're my daughter. I know there's nothing I can do about that. I think I might have said that already. Um, She said that one other thing she said was that it was really creepy and overbearing that I wanted to have a weekly phone call with her when she was gone at college. Um, I set that up for Sunday afternoons, which I think we only did one or two weekly phone calls, maybe three at the max. And I said, Tori, I said the weekly phone call, that was a recommendation by Texas A&M University. And she said, no, it wasn't. I said, no, it really was. I said, you remember when you and I went to the parent student orientation, um, when we had those separate sessions, they gave me a checklist. The university gave me a checklist of things to do, like, um, uh, things like set up the, the, the meal account, um, set up the medical, you know, emergency response form and stuff like that. And I said, one of the things on the list was set up a weekly check-in call with your student. I said, that was on the list. And she said, well, I don't believe you. I don't believe you. That's not true. (laughs) And I said, it is true. It is true. It is. Why would I make that up? I don't, Anyway, we never got the weekly call. And I said, well, I I wanted to talk to you. I wanted to hear how college was. I wanted to hear about it. Something else I said to her was, "Um, Tori, I don't think you understand the ripple effect this is having on the family. It's causing a lot of stress. And um, I said, how am I supposed to let my son come over and spend the whole summer here if I can't drop in and say hello and bring lunch and just check in, you know, and, and work remote here from sometimes just to be near my son. And she said, well, I will work that out with him. I will work that out with him. And I said, you know, what about holidays and things coming up? You know, I said, how long is this going to go on? She said, I don't want you in my life. And I said, for how long? And she said, I don't know, maybe forever. And I said, well, that hurts me very much. Don't understand it, and uh, she said, "Well, I want you to leave now." Oh, and at one point, I said, "Mike, could you please leave us alone so I could have a a private conversation with her?" And he said, "No, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna leave you alone. I'm gonna stand right here." He literally stood right behind her, you know, three inches behind her during our entire um, conversation. He would not leave us alone. It's like he wouldn't let me have a private conversation with her. I don't understand. 
I don't understand. I w- if he asked me for a private conversation, I would I would have left. Why not? That's weird to me. Why can't I have a private conversation with my adult daughter? <sighs> anyway, um, then I said, okay. I said, I will go. I was there a total of eight minutes. But I said, okay, I will go. But I want to tell you something. I love you very much. I love you more than anything in this whole world. And I said, I want you to know that I never meant to hurt you. I never knew I was doing anything to hurt you. I'm sorry that I did. Clearly I did. And I said, I want you to know that I did my best. I did my best, Tori. I always did my best. Everything I did was with love. And I, I, I honestly tried to do my, my very best. And she said, drive safe. And she closed the door on me. And I left. And I cried and cried and cried and cried. And I've cried for days and hours at a time. I've cried so much that I have hurt my eye, my left eye, that has the nevus that's leaking fluid into the retina. Stress and crying actually causes that fluid to become worse and it impacts my vision. Literally crying hurts my vision. And um, I went to the eye doctor today. In fact, I just left the eye doctor and my eye is dilated and it um, looks terrible. And the doctor wanted to do an injection in my eye today because the vision has been so poorly impacted by stress. And the doctor said, do you have a lot of stress in your life? And I cried. I literally cried uh, when she said that. And she said, oh, Miss Mayor. And I said, I'm dealing with it. I'm trying very hard to deal with it. And she said, "Um, you've got to take better care of yourself. You've got to deal with the stress. And she wanted to do the injection. But because I'm so reluctant to do them because they're so awful and they're painful and they make your eye look horrific for days... Um, she said she agreed to let me come back in 30 days. She will check it again, but she made me promise that over the next 30 days I would get better sleep, that I would try to reduce the stress, take better care of myself. And I told her that I would. I said, I know how to, 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 to make the swelling go down, um, how to take better care of myself and, and make it happen. And um, so she said, okay. And so I have to go back in 30 days um, to get the eye checked again. And um, But that's where I'm at. So to add insult to injury, the very next day after I saw my daughter at Mike's, I got a nasty letter from Mike's lawyer. My lawyer um, sent it to me and she said, oh my gosh, this is a ridiculous letter this is such a clear, obvious manipulation of you using Tori to manipulate you. Or Mike, she said Mike is using our daughter to manipulate me. And it was a nasty letter that said that I violated the Rule 11 agreement, that I am not allowed to go over there uh, without being invited and unannounced, and that I better not do that again. Which is so absolutely absurd because Mike does that all the time. 
he has been doing that for years. In fact, he did it on Sunday, on Mother's Day. Mike walked into my house, did not knock, walked into the front door. Now, I knew he was coming. He was dropping off our son, but our son was getting his things out of the car, and Mike just walked up to the front door and walked right in, did not even knock. And he did that on Sunday, on Mother's Day which neither Mother's Day was not um, recognized by either of my children. Uh, My son says he said Happy Mother's Day to me. I don't remember that. But he did absolutely nothing. He didn't do anything for me. He did not get me a card or a gift or do anything special for me. And my daughter did not contact me at all on Mother's Day. I did not hear from her. So that's the update on where I am today. A very sad place to be.